TheOAMNetwork.com. Power to the podcast. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Happy Saturday, folks. Happy Saturday, and thank you so much for joining us. Welcome to the Storialities and Total Woman Summit Real Talk Podcast and Facebook Live Show. It is Saturday. It's Labor Day weekend, and we are excited. That's what's up. I am joined this morning by my fabulous co-host, Roquita Coleman-Williams. Give the people something. Ro, give the people something. Good morning, good morning. Happy Saturday. And if you are wondering about this panel of beauty surrounding us, uh, these are our power mover friends that are um, taking Memphis by storm. So we have with us Dorcas Young Griffin, who is the Director of Division of Community Service for Shelby County. Good morning, Dorcas. Good morning, ladies. We also have uh, Dr. Teresa Woodard, who is the founder and CEO of TW Med Consulting and one of the newest uh, providers at Harbor Health. We're so happy. Harbortown Health, right? Harbor Health. Harbor Health. Thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, T. Good morning. And then we have with us Kiva Latham, who is the finance director for First Tennessee. Uh, we are so happy to have Kiva with us. Good morning, Kiva. Good morning. And to my left, we have Cynthia Daniels, the CEO of Cynthia Daniels and Company, the founder and creator of Elixir Level Up, so many things, and also 40 Under 40. Good morning, CD. What's up? Good morning. Happy to be here. We're happy to have you. And last but not least, we have someone who is very familiar to this show. We have Dr. LaShonda Massey, one of the best providers the U.S. has to offer. (laughs) She is destigmatizing mental health and illness in the African-American and communities across the Mid-South. Thank you so much for joining us, LaShonda. Good morning. Good morning. So this week, lots of stuff has happened, right, Roquita? Yes, ma'am. So ladies, let's get into it. The Queen's funeral was yesterday. Oh, yeah. So I think folks use bereavement days unofficially. (laughs) (laughs) It was, what, about 30 minutes? How long was the funeral, Cynthia? Uh, It was a couple hours. How long was it, LaShonda? I think like Six. Oh, it was a work shift. Two days. It was a work shift. It was a work shift. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A friend of mine said she needed to submit her W nine because she couldn't get <laughs> compensated <laughs> for a day off. So I think before the show started, <laughs> consultant submitting bills for after work. Right. <laughs> Who are you going to send those to the foundation? I'm, I'm saying somebody. 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 Somebody got to pay you. Give the people your address so they can send a check. <laughs> so Akiva uh, was saying something before we got started. It was a lot of foolishness happening before the show, people. Oh, yeah. And we'll get to that in a moment. But <laughs> we're going to get serious real quick. Kiva mentioned that in the show, uh, I'm sorry, not the show, the funeral yesterday, she was wondering if they had a built in an intermission. Tell us a little bit about that, Kiva. <laughs> <laughs> 
people about that kid. <laughs> no, like scary. anything. Six. What was it? End up being six and six hours. Six hours. So? Seven. We round up seven. So round up yeah. seven. I mean, that's a legit question. Like it's like going to a play or yeah. something like that, and nobody goes seven hours without going to the ladies' room or gentlemen's room. Yeah. <laughs> I think, but hey, I love Aretha Franklin. Like I grew up on her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's awesome. What was your favorite song? Oh gosh. Daydreaming. Sing a little bit of Angel. Angel's sing. my favorite. Sing I can't little, sing. <laughs> you was just in here talking about Beyonce. <laughs> Before the show started, I'll get clammed up now. Yeah, so I like I like Angel. Like I'm old school already. You old right? school. Till you come back to me. I see like, your shoulders <laughs> getting a little yeah, relaxed. Yeah, look, look. Y'all don't understand. We grew up on that. Good times. <laughs> like she's She's everything. I thought she was about to break out into an eight count. She like she was. Yeah, yeah, I was. I We're going to keep Rock watching you. Let's keep the camera on. That's how I feel. T, Teresa, what was your um, favorite Aretha Franklin song? Um, I don't think I have one. It's just, she's just always great. You know, mm-hmm. love it when she does gospel songs. So nothing in particular is everything. Mm-hmm. Everything. Did you watch the uh, funeral marathon yesterday? Absolutely not. Oh, yeah. okay. I was working. <laughs> as was and I. I don't get paid. To, so you weren't that. hashtag working. I, you were I like legitimately working. At work. <laughs> I was working. And so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but later, you know, in the evening, I just listened to what everybody posted. And, and yeah. I'm like, I'm kind of glad I didn't yeah. watch because I had time for all this. That was a lot. Yeah. It was a commitment. It was. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Dorcas. Yes. So just for those of you who were with us um, on our uh, podcast and Facebook Live show when we had our first gentleman guest, yeah. Cleo Griffin and uh, Raquita's husband, Ed. Yes. It was amazing. It was one of our uh, funner shows. <laughs> uh, Dorcas <laughs> is the wife of Cleo and you all may remember that she was being super petty yep. while Cleo <laughs> was <laughs> on the air. She was an official uh, <laughs> online host Oh, oh wow, Dorcas! I hope Cleo is going to pay you back. Just looking at the feed, I see the name Cleo Griffin is watching. <laughs> so that means He's the ready. streets is watching. And he is about to be on petty one thousand status. Do I your thing, Cleo. Oh gosh, she's already saying hello, friends. Hello, hello, Cleo. Hello, Cleo. We're so happy to have you, Dorcas. What were your thoughts on yesterday's um, funeral? I did not see the funeral. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw a lot of the posts that people were putting up Mm -hmm. um i would like to say my favorite aretha is gospel aretha Mm -hmm. probably because you know i've grown up in the church Mm -hmm. um and i think what i would take away from the funeral a lot of things happened based on what i saw on facebook Mm -hmm. but i think in spite of the length because it was very long Mm -hmm. i think that it did um showcase some of the beauty of Black church, mm-hmm. like yeah. the, the music, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. the fellowship. Um, it's just nothing like um, that feeling. Right. Um, now, seven hours of it may be a little long, yeah. but um, there were definitely moments that I heard and saw snippets of that mm-hmm. really were powerful for me. That's awesome. Thank you so much, uh, Dorcas. And I remember seeing your mom um, say that, that she was so proud she to was. see Black Church be spotlighted in that way. And Dorcas and I are actually preacher's kids. Uh-huh. Uh, so is LaShonda. Uh-huh. Kiva, you too. Uh-huh. 
grandfather. grandfather. Okay. We're preacher's children. We don't want to hear any of your jokes. Save them. But, um, <laughs> I heard them all. Right. Okay. My daddy had the audacity one uh, weekend to tell the people when I came home from college, I was the reason he got real saved. I was like, oh my goodness. We'll talk about that other <laughs> But I appreciate that. She really, truly was. Uh, Gospel Aretha was amazing. She Absolutely. really, truly was. And, and, Absolutely. and we're doing a lot of joking, um, obviously, about the length of the funeral. But I, honestly, we are we do know that she touched so many lives and impacted so many people. So mm-hmm. it was right that they honored her, uh, whatever our opinions are on the length of it. But we were certainly happy that she was honored in that way. LaShonda, did you watch the funeral? I did not. Uh, was that work? You weren't uh, working. You were actually working. actually working. Working. Okay. What is your favorite Aretha Franklin song or moment? Um, I agree with Reese. I don't have a favorite. I am a fan of good singing mm-hmm. so I can definitely appreciate that she was a true singer good mm-hmm. range good mm-hmm. control mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. all of those elements that are sometimes lost in the music that we hear today mm-hmm. um, so I appreciate her for that uh, technicality that she was able to bring you and Dorothy are so official y'all done came in this thing Kiva they're a long way from your shoulder <laughs> we shoulder roll too <laughs> we do it too and <laughs> Cynthia what's your spin on it so uh, I'm an entrepreneur, right? So I allowed myself no, a, imagine that. a little time. <laughs> I, I, I said, you know what? We're going to make a little time to go to the funeral. Then we got to do some work. Um, I did catch the beginning. So uh, I saw Ariana Grande. That, that was the, the part I had a problem with. From my understanding, Aretha Franklin really respected her and, and admired her. Mm-hmm. But I just felt a cultural shift when she showed up with the short dress you and saw the her pony. legs. I saw, you know, and I did the funeral. And I'm surprised <laughs> nobody gave her a lap cloth or somebody said, hey, go right. go get her a yeah. choir robe out the back. Uh, so that's they surprising. Times are changing. Times are changing. But I, I did love, uh, I caught Fantasia, I caught the, the Clark sisters, so I do feel like they were able to pay respects to the queen as it should be. Uh, my favorite Aretha Franklin song, I think I was 12 the first time I listened to her. Uh, I used to play my parents' 45s. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, Never Loved a Man the Way That I Loved You. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, at 12 years old, I just mm-hmm. felt... You didn't I, have no business right. listening to her. <laughs> was you talking about Jesus? But, <laughs> there you go, Jesus. On the main line. Um, but I've always just uh, felt a connection with her, even at a young age. Mm-hmm. So it's a tremendous loss. But I do think... Um, it was it was a funeral that needed to happen in that amount of time. I've never been to a funeral for seven hours, mm-hmm. yeah. but it's the queen of soul. Like right, I right. can't expect anything less. Right. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, so what's going to happen when we don't do an intermission is Dorcas and Lashonda going to pray for Cynthia and Keith. Because <laughs> <laughs> she 12. See, listen, I never loved a man like this. Right. She was not talking about the Lord. And then she did the Kiva shoulder. Oh, I was oh, feeling oh, something. <laughs> what is <laughs> So Roquita, what about you? What'd you so, do? So uh no, I, I, I opted to follow the books mm. rendition mm-hmm. of the funeral. Mm-hmm. Yes. What what, no. what is that? What's the, the books? book? Facebook. Oh, okay. Oh the book. <laughs> the book. <laughs> I was like, it was a book about it. The it came book. out so fast. Facebook. I followed Facebook's uh rendition of it. 
and I I'm, I don't have a favorite song as, I, as much as I love some of her quotes. So I mm-hmm. gave a quote the last time we talked about um, about this. You know, when she when she first when we first learned that she passed. And one of the other quotes I looked up is, um, "Music does a lot of things for a lot of people. It's transporting for sure. It can take you right back years back to the very moment certain things happened in your life. Mm-hmm. It's uplifting. Yep. It's encouraging and it's strengthening." Really? So I think when I, you know, think about what this project is yeah. and what we mean to one another, I think that that particular quote by Aretha is is particularly um, it means a lot. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. good. That's Beautiful. good. That's Thank you. And uh, to our audience, make sure that you guys put in chat what some of your favorite moments were yeah. from yesterday's um, funeral and homegoing celebration for the Queen. And also tell us what your favorite songs are, and we'll make sure that we talk a little bit about them throughout the show. But this week was also very exciting. Um, there was the Storyalities book launch last Saturday at Novel. So Ooh. congratulations. Ooh. Thank you. Good Lord. Talk to us about Lord. that, Roquita. Yeah. Well, it wasn't a dry in, this, in the room, that's <laughs> oh, for wow. sure, mm. including awesome. mine. Awesome. Um, it was overwhelming. I, I didn't expect the response to be such a diverse group of women. I mean, mm-hmm. We had women from 100 to what 12 yeah wow. um the the level of ethnic diversity was considerable um the level of maturity was considerable the experiences some mm-hmm. women heard about it on the style blueprint other women heard about it because they follow the story alley's platform so it was very nice to see um just such a just such a diverse group of women um, and then, of course, it was super nice that every every seat had a buddy in it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, that was that was great. Um, in advance of the event, we sold out on Amazon. And then, of course, of the hundreds of books that we provided for novel, they only had about a dozen left. So yeah. and I went um, back and got about seven of those. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Thank mm-hmm. you. So awesome. to date, um, we've sold nearly 500 books and Woo-hoo. the launch was March. Congratulations. <laughs> So when they tell you, oh, expect to sell 300 books in a year, good mm-hmm. luck to you. Mm-hmm. Um, this is this is amazing. So yeah. it's, it's amazing. Well, as your friend and as your cohort, co-host, and also as a contributing author, I'm not going to go on with this list because it could keep it going. It could keep going. It could keep going. <laughs> but I am incredibly proud of you for answering the charge to yeah. pursue your passion and do this book and for overcoming the adversity because it's no small feat to corral a group of women together no, um, to really put forth a project that yeah. is certainly that has been as well received as this one has been and has been as impactful. So kudos yes, to you. Thank you. Salute. Thank you. Salute. It's been well worth it. Yes, ma'am. So I'll tell you a little bit about my experience last week um, at the novel book launch. And I want to say thank you uh, to everyone at this table who has supported the project. Um, we appreciate it. We appreciate it. We appreciate it. Yeah. Um, both of us appreciate it. But we want to just talk a little bit about the actual experience. So, Obviously, um, I was there along with several of the other contributing authors who are amazing. Let me just say that they are amazing. And these stories really touched my life. I've read the book a couple of times um, and skipped over my story when I was reading it. Because these women, the way that they poured and shared of themselves and were transparent with their experiences was so transformative for me. And I saw myself pieces of myself and so many of their stories, which is why I was so proud to, yeah. to be among such a, a diverse group of women. Um, but so Raquita got me. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I was outside 
straightening up the bookshelf. She'll tell you, right? I have a strong. What teachers do when you walk in late? Like, okay, you first. Mm-hmm. But, but I was intentionally late. I was out there straightening up, like, the display. And so then when I came in, I sat on the end. There were, what, about 15 authors yeah, that were there? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, about 15 authors that were there. And so I was sitting on the end of the table um, for the table read. And she finishes her story. I'm trying to gangster up so I don't cry. This crying thing is a new ministry for me. Um, thanks, LaShonda. Emotional intelligence. You're not really feeling it. But, uh, and so, Raquita, she stops and she's like, and so next we're going to have, there are people surrounding her. I'm like way on the end, like leaning back. We're going to have Sharika. Yeah. I was not ready. I was like, what? Oh, what? And that's exactly what I said out loud, around out of my mouth. And it, it, yeah, it's, all rec- it's recorded. <laughs> <laughs> this is shade saturday we'll talk about that later but um it was just and we laughed about this right yeah. like we've read these stories like hundreds of times we we wrote them for christ's sake we, we wrote our own but i was just so overwhelmed yeah. just reading it because that that's the depth of what was shared um during that but I was so happy to see I was in Stony River the night before grabbing some dinner and I was sitting at the table talking to this couple, Wendy and George, who are amazing, who do a lot of uh, work in the homeless community. And I was talking to them about the project and they came to the book lunch and got a couple of books. And so I was so happy to see that. I was happy to see two of my good friends at the table there, LaShonda Massey, Teresa Woodard. Thank you guys so much for coming and for the support. Kiva's got her book. Dorcas got book. You got your book? I'm going to get one. Okay. got to get, get a book. book. But thank <laughs> you guys for your support. This is what this is about. We don't yeah. compete with one another. We definitely support each other. So we are here for it. All talk to way. us about your talk at the Chickasaw Country Club. So talking to women always makes me nervous. Like, I don't, I'm what? telling you, it just makes me, ner- women make me nervous. Why? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Women make me nervous. Give me little kids, dogs, old men. <laughs> but women make me nervous. Um, so when she said, oh, a couple hundred, you know, a hundred or so women from finance, I was thinking, oh, a hundred, yeah, 50. You know, this is what it's going to be. Um, and I was hoping like admins and secretaries mm-hmm. or something, you know, somebody that would be, that I expect, okay, that if you're the janitor, you're going to be impressed by me. No, 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 no. These were bank CEOs, attorneys. I was like, holy crap. I wrote this talk. Maybe I need to go rewrite it. Um, but it was amazing. Uh, what, what, what impacts me most is that more women are having the same conversations we're having mm-hmm. in a broader in a broader space, the same conversations we're having in our micro circles, right? And it's the same talks. They're talking about how to be more impactful, how to uh, understand one another better. Um, some of the things about my story that I find uh, offensive, even for me, like it's offensive to say parts of my story out loud. Mm-hmm. And every time I speak those words, the response that women give me is so encouraging. It's just, it's, there is a um, there's a part of me that heals every time I say out loud, oh, I was once a lesbian or, hey, I've I've terminated multiple pregnancies. And the response amongst the business community, these are business women mm-hmm. that are like, oh, my God, you just told my story. Like, oh, my God. OK, I didn't think I could say that out loud or, you know, women were pulling me aside. We could have been there all night because mm-hmm. wow. they were pulling me aside and whispering like, oh, yeah, when you said that part, that was totally me. Like I felt at one point I had to make the decision between being a professional and being a mom. 
So a lot of these experiences that I attributed to being impoverished and I attributed to growing up in very poor circumstances, some of these women who have very different environments have Mm -hmm. also experienced. And so it lets me know that impoverishment is not a financial condition. And more women have grown up impoverished, even even emotional impoverishment, Mm -hmm. um, physical impoverishment. Because when you're not given the tools as a girl to make different types of decisions and you have to carry the decisions you made before you were 21, if you're carrying those decisions at 40, Mm -hmm. you were impoverished. Mm -hmm. Right. So I'm finding that more of us are more similar. The more I talk about it, we're more similar than we are different. Mm -hmm. And I'm still surprised by that. I'm just still surprised by that. But that. That's what I walked away from that talk. The other thing I walked away from that talk with is that these women, particularly in this group, get that social mobility, economic mobility is not something that comes from grit or, oh, you made a bunch of good decisions or um, you just decided to get out and work yourself out. You did the work like all of those things we we generically attribute to success. It's not true. Yes, those things Mm -hmm. exist, but it also takes people being very deliberate and Mm -hmm. so i love the fact that they get that when there is an exception it's an exception because they made an exception Mm -hmm. and when we stop making exceptions there will be more people that make it across that threshold that's rich that's very rich there are a lot of things in that that we need to unpack so i don't want to gloss over that i think one of the things that really resonated with me from being there i was able to come and and support her it was a phenomenal talk was that there was this was a room of very wealthy Mm -hmm. well-to-do women who had um grown up in a uh, socioeconomic advantage if you will and i was happy to hear them say when you shared how one of your mentors really put herself on the line when you were going to be yeah. terminated because her boss wasn't wasn't really feeling the fact that you had the skill and the will, but that you didn't have the polish yeah, have to the be polish. in that environment yeah. and that your mentor took it upon herself to say, I'm not going to fire her. I'm going to do the work to mentor her. Wow. And she had to take have some very candid discussions with you. See, yeah. I was listening. Yeah. And she revealed that story at the right, book launch. At the book launch. So everybody got a chance to see my uh, my face when when Which, I when you I just learned heard that I've never known that I was ever going to be fired. Oh, wow. <laughs> and it was funny to see that impact you like 20 years later because it's like you're not at risk for being terminated today (laughs) but i was happy to hear the women in the audience ask this very important question and these are women who were this was a primarily caucasian room they wanted to know how can i show up better as a mentor and position myself when i am in that situation and not sound elitist when i'm offering to help how do i need to frame that conversation and i want to be offensive exactly she said i don't want to be offensive offensive, but i want to help and i don't know how and so they have been opting to not help because they didn't know how to help and have that conversation and so i just want to say this is why we've got to be more transparent because there are people that want to know but we've got to empower them if they're going to work with us and be effective and if we really want them to show up well we've got to be okay yeah we're helping guide them along that journey because they don't know how no we have to give them the tools to do exactly the work. we've got yeah. to give them the tools to do the work and we've got to show up and be receptive to the work so that's a word for those of you who are being mentoring at whatever stage in your life yeah. it doesn't really matter is that you've got to be receptive to the difficult conversation yeah, right. and you can't if you need the fan section and the you know the cheer moment you're going to have to get with your crew for that yeah but if you want real development and real 
real feedback, you're going to have to have some face breaking conversations yeah. that can be done in love. Right. But you got to receive them sure. um, to get that development. And that's what allows you to stand in this moment today. Right. Because someone was willing to say you can't say Pacific. Pacific. You gotta say specific specific. And not business. And business. You got to say business. And ass. Ass was terrible. I could not say the K and ass for at all for right. probably 10 years but she was well educated well positioned had the skill and the will she did not have the polish and as we all know in corporate america to have the you have to have the polish mm-hmm. right. yeah. and we see it all the time i think it was also important that this woman took it upon herself to mentor you and she didn't necessarily call it out loud like you say that you didn't learn this until 20 years later yeah. so she took it upon herself wow. and did some things so clearly she did it in love yeah. and yeah. in a way that you were able to receive for her to be able to come back this much later and say, this is actually mm-hmm. what was going on. Yeah, so she um, was able to present some things to you and help build some things that you were then able to receive and, and act upon. So sometimes I think when we're thinking about how to do that, that we're very careful that mentoring is not always that I've got to stand up and say, hey, I'm wonderful and I need you to come learn from me. Yeah, <laughs> right. That's a good point. Yeah. Do it. Amen. That's a good point. Amen. Dorcas, have you had seen this sort of in your environment? You're working in a role that deals a lot with the community. Yeah. Um, a lot of people at dip various points in their life right. have you seen this uh, sort of show up that way and how have you handled that um how have I handled it um so yes I have mm-hmm. um I work in the government sector um I think for me um I lead a staff of 194 folks oh, and so in order to um help build up my team individually and collectively you got to have relationships with folks. Yeah. Um, if people don't trust you, they can't receive you. Mm-hmm. And so I understand the um, what you may have heard with the folks that were in your space um, last week. Um, I think the the advice that I would give to them: if people trust you, if you if you have communication outside of just work. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying being best friends, but just really wanting to know who people are wanting to try to understand their strengths so that you can work within that, um, just being an open ear, I think it's easier to mentor people. Yeah. I know that's been easier for me. Like, I have been on the receiving end. I am in a position in government because people mentored me. Yeah. There were women before me that said, hey, she might be young. She may not be polished, but she can do this work. Yeah. And it's been women that right. have done that for me. But they did it because I trusted them. Mm-hmm. I was able to receive it. Kiva, talk to us a little bit about it. You're in a male-dominated industry, probably largely um, led by uh, folks of a different persuasion. And you have excelled to the top of being a finance director and having many leadership roles. How have you not only been on the receiving end of mentoring from folks that don't look like you um, and it's been successful? And also, how have you had to show up um, as a mentor? Yeah. So about me, it's about building relationships, right? Mm -hmm. When you can find a commonality in people, whether it's male, female, whether it's uh, baby boomer generation, millennials, and so forth, when you find a commonality with people, you can relate to people, right? Mm -hmm. The the stereotypes go away, kind of the, everything is unveiled. And what I did, I always, I've gotten opportunities, and like Sharika said, most of the opportunities I've gotten and most of my managers have been white males. But I'll tell you this, they've been supportive. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've given me opportunities. Uh, one, spe- one specifically, I remember I was about probably 24 or so years old. Um, got a big chance to go to First Tennessee and do some things at First Tennessee. And he put me in some roles and he said, look, 
I know you've never done this before, but if you have the will, I can teach you the skill. Yeah. And that's what he said. And so it was just those type of things that I knew I wanted more for myself. Mm-hmm. And if I put myself in a path and I worked hard, I showed up, I networked when I needed to. Mm-hmm. But I, sometimes you have to keep your head down and do your job. And doing your job sometimes get you noticed. So we have a thing that says, what get you here won't get you there. So I'm at a position in my life now where you're you're managing people. You're just in a different role, in a different environment, different exposure. So sometimes you have the doers to do the work and you have to be the one that present that work that that's really kind of heads on chopping block if it's wrong (laughs) per se. But just building relationships with people, having integrity being accountable for what you do. Because at the end of the day, people are people. Right. And if you, right. you work for people and you go the extra mile for people that you like yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and that you trust, yes. uh, you won't, in management, everybody can't get along. It's just, it's the dynamics. It's yeah. the world, right? right? Everybody doesn't like everybody, but you have to learn how to be diplomatic about it, have to respect each other. And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I think if you respect each other, you show up well, you're visible and you do your job, I think you're given opportunities and I've seen that happen. That's great. Thank you ladies so much for sharing that. And I think one of the recurring themes um, in those undertones were LaShonda started out talking to us about Roquita's mentor, um, Chris, not really saying that she was mentoring her, but she took the bullets in the room with her boss and she took the risk and responsibility in the room with her boss, but she just showed up for Raquita without the fanfare and she got results. And then everyone else started talking about how they were leveraging their position with respect and relationships. And so I think it's very important that we extract the fact that you've got to have relationships because people observe when you are not being genuine. They know when you are being phony and when you don't have their best interests at heart. And we have all been leaders. We are all leaders right now and, you know, leading teams of people. And here's the reality, right? I have found. To Kiva's point is people will show up for you if you show up for them. Absolutely. They will. And I used to tell my team all the time, we laugh about it um, when we do sessions, listen, I will take bullets for you in a room. But when I come back, we're going to talk about my wounds. My wounds. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's a great one. I like that. But, I like that. but here's the reality. But these are the same people who would work in the office until 9 o'clock for me. Yeah. These are people who would come in on Saturdays, not begrudgingly. But they would show up because I show up for them. Right. And I know what's important to them. And I never made it seem like the job was the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Like, they are people first. And they matter. And so if you're in leadership, that's important. People have got to respect you. Mm-hmm. They've got to know that they're important. And then secondly, you've got to have respect for the folks that are in leadership. I always tell people, if you're struggling respecting the person, respect the position. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Maybe, and you, yeah. you pick your poison, whichever one works. But mm-hmm. do what you got to do. And do your work. Kiva makes a valid point. <laughs> you can be likable. You yeah. can be networking <laughs> up a storm. But you can network up a storm and go in there and, and don't um, do your job as a yeah, doctor. You have to have that physician. performance currency. Right. Performance <laughs> meant. Performance currency. Type that in. Put that Perform- down Somebody type performance currency in for the people. Get your phone together. Come on, Cleo. Now we have Cleo. Cleo, please. Get your wife together. So we some things we want to leave you with people. If you're mentoring people, make sure you don't always have to tell them because sometimes the most effective mentoring comes from not telling people that they're being coached. That's exactly right. Just do the coaching. Just do the work. Just do the work. Secondly, respect people. You respect them. 
and then they'll respect you. Communicate. Yeah. Be honest. Be candid. Right. Have the real conversations. And then do it with a high level of emotional intelligence, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Really speak to people in a way that resonates with them. Don't speak to people you the way you want to be spoken to. Yeah, that right. doesn't work. Yeah. They're That's not right. you, right? That's right. And keep the lines of communication open and do that performance currency. You got to have that. Mm-hmm. This is very important. That's what this show is about. We drop real nuggets of wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so as we're talking about, you know, careers and mentoring or whatever. So let's punt a little bit over to the Cynthia Daniels oh. team. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm in the room with a celebrity, right. by the way. Oh, Cindy right. and I just Cindy, really got to know each other. This, I like this her. Red She's table awesome. pop off and walk this right now. <laughs> I, just, I just, I just like to create. I don't, I don't I'm not a celebrity. I, I just, um, I love this city and I want to mm. give back as much as I can. Yeah. That's how I view it. Thank you. Thank you. So we're always talking about resources. Requita and I are about making sure you have the information, the tools, but we want Mm -hmm. you to know what you need to do with all of this information, which is one of the reasons why we wanted to invite Cynthia to talk to us about the Level Up um, conference. So talk to us about that, um, Cynthia. So I think at any point, once you get to your mid-30s, we've all been to some form of a conference. Leadership development, you know, get your personal life together, sororities, you know, HR, just there's a plethora of conferences that are out there. And I felt that it was necessary to create a conference kind of that dealt with my midlife crisis. Per yeah. se. Um, so at age 36, I was finally working this great job, had the amazing benefits. It was it was the American dream. Right. I had my two degrees, finally getting the right paycheck. But I was so unhappy. Yeah. I felt empty. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a side hustle. Uh, I realized in Memphis that. I didn't see as many uh, professional events around the city. So I just started to create my own. And then it, be- it became a-, a real side hustle so much that I created this black tie gala out of thin air for 40 individuals um, to just be celebrated in the city. And during that time, I remember the highs of that night. I just, I just, It still surprises me. I did a gala for 350 people. Tickets sold out in two weeks back Mm -hmm. months previously. It went off flawlessly. And everybody's walking up to me. Cynthia, I've never seen anything like this. People, furs, real furs. And it was appropriate. It was in November. It was November. Um, But people just walked up to me the entire night saying how much they appreciated that event. And I went back to work on that Monday. And it was that 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 emptiness just kept pulling at me that entire day. And I, and I knew it was God saying, Cynthia, it's time for you to leave. But I'm like, no, God, I got these bills. Yeah. I like to travel. I have a, a certain lifestyle. Yeah. For my, I'm talking to God That's like this, right? That's I'm trying to live my best life. Yeah. And my job became so uncomfortable after that moment that I knew it was time to leave. And so with that being said, I took the leap of faith to start my company March 2017. I've been running ever since. Ooh, I have had contracts from uh, amazing companies. The city of Memphis has given me work. I keep creating my own brands. And so I thought, you know what? I'm probably not the only person that feels this way. Yeah, yes, okay. you have to start over. But isn't your happiness and peace worth that? Yeah. Yes, and ma'am. at the same time, I have friends. Everybody's not an entrepreneur. Everybody right. doesn't want to have their yeah, own business. Sure. But there are people that are in their careers that feel stuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're either not being promoted, there's this glass ceiling, or they're thinking, I really don't like this company. I really want to work over here, excuse me, mm-hmm. but um, you know, I don't 
I got to start over okay. or I don't know how to get over that. I don't know how to network. So level up speaks to two individuals. Mm-hmm. It's the individual that had that side hustle that really needs that nudge mm-hmm. to do this thing full time. And it talks to individuals that you're stuck in your career, but what are you doing about it? Right. Stop being unhappy. Mm-hmm. And so that's where kind of the, the whole theme came from. Uh, level up this is prior to Sierra's song so this is my second one coming out Um, because you need to level up especially once you get to your mid 30 like 35 36 to me is such a critical age Mm -hmm. and surprisingly uh, last year we had a a lot of late 20 year olds but I had people that were well into their 50s attending level up and they enjoyed every minute of Mm -hmm. it so that's kind of where it comes from well I have to say this oh I'm sorry were you about to say go on go on I have to say this, what I talked about in that talk, the theme of it was about career disruption and how what people know me as today was the result of career disruption. It wasn't because I wanted to be in politics or social. I wanted to have a social impact. That wasn't the original agenda. Yeah. The original agenda was to breathe life in this career while I was sitting around trying to figure out what to do. Right. And so although I was able to put the pieces together, it was painful. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I wish because of. I'm 41 now. And it happened when I was 35. See? Um, See? I wish that mm-hmm. something like this had been available when mm-hmm. I was putting those pieces together right. because there, there were some missteps that could have taken me out. Yeah. There were mm-hmm. some things that I did that could have been like, okay, that was a real big boo-boo, darling. <laughs> um, <laughs> because God moves gracefully in my life, right. yeah. I was mm-hmm. covered right. and shielded. Yeah, But like, I wish I had, had more tools mm-hmm. so that those missteps would have you know would have been avoided i can probably say i would have been further along in my career had i had more guidance between 35 and 40 about how to integrate the professional yes the paycheck yep and then those kind of passion purpose projects had i been able to integrate those and have some guidance on that yeah then i would have done a little bit better so i appreciate you recognizing how disruption shows up and then putting that into something that can be extended to other people because that's not always the case we know how we get through what we get through right mm-hmm. right but we can't always put into words and yeah. let's know yes. into a programming or to a Absolutely. conference right how right. we got through what we got through yeah. right and, and having the, a real conversation with people that look like you that mm-hmm. think yeah. like you and knowing it is a safe space yeah. right mm-hmm. absolutely yeah. tell us uh, about the schedule for the day we have a full schedule um <laughs> i'm super excited because this year we have two keynote speakers Oh, um, nice. So wow. one actually your mentor, um, and, and side note, Raquita is a rock star. Thank uh, you. <laughs> let me just yeah, yeah. put it put in my commercial. Uh, so two, two years right two years ago I was on a panel uh, tri state defender um, for the women of excellence, mm-hmm. and one of the questions was who's someone that you would like to meet, and a lot of people were saying, oh, you know, I want to meet Oprah want to meet um, Barack Obama, just, you know, people that you don't see Mm -hmm. every day. And I said, you know, the person I admire the most in Memphis is Carolyn Hardy. Do you know Mm -hmm. she got me a meeting with Carolyn within the next two weeks? You didn't have to do that. You did. You made that introduction. It's been a while. But anyway, um, so she is one of the keynote speakers, Carolyn Hardy. If you don't know her, she is an amazing woman out of Orange Mound. And I needed 
typically I, I fly people in from different cities mm-hmm. to help expand mm-hmm. the mindset with all my events. But this time I needed somebody that was homegrown right. yeah. okay. that can say, I'm from this city. This right. is what I've achieved. So she's actually the CEO of two companies. She has uh, Chisholm Hardy Investments, LLC, mm-hmm. and the Henderson Worldwide Investments, LLC. And then we have uh, Megan Turner. Megan Turner, I met many years ago. Uh, she first started at First Tennessee Bank. She left the company because she was unhappy. She moved to New York and started working at Ernst & Young. And I think a lot of people are scared to move. You know, I yeah. understand some yeah. people have families and that can disrupt, you know, the education and, and school and things of that nature. But when, especially when you're single and you have nothing to lose, get up and move. Yeah. I moved to Memphis with nothing. Like, just try it. At least try it for 90 days. If you don't like it, <laughs> go back home. Right. Um, so anyway, so some of the topics... Um, We've got finding funding for your business. There are so many resources out here in the city of Memphis, and a lot of people just are out here struggling, not understanding, you know, how to get capital and how to talk to the Office of Business, Diversity, and Compliance. So we're going to have them talking to us. Uh, We're going to also talk about uh, promotion in office politics. That is for people, again, there's this... This, this handbook out there that we don't know about yeah. and the other people know about this handbook <laughs> so I want to be able to have a transparent conversation to understand what are the things you need to do strategically to really move up in your company uh, and Sharika Hines who is the CEO at Polish Consultant LLC and the founder of a Total Woman Summit will be on that panel and I'm ready for you to come keep it real That's I'm going to do a little something with the rest of the panel <laughs> alright uh, so this Topic comes from the heart, launching your nonprofit or side hustle while working in corporate. You know, mm-hmm. you can do both. You can. But we just got to have a, a conversation with people. Mm-hmm. Networking on a national level. Yeah. People, you got to get outside of Memphis. I love this mm-hmm. city, but you have to understand there's a whole world out yeah. there yes. that's mm-hmm. bigger yes. than you. So you need to understand you know, how to make those connections mm-hmm. and using LinkedIn. LinkedIn is my best friend. I, now. I have, I, I know people all over the world. I'll be LinkedIn, LinkedIn thugging. LinkedIn <laughs> thugging. I'm going to know what I'm doing. <laughs> um, and then uh, lastly, we can wrap up just some of the topics. We have money moves, maximizing digital marketing. So a lot of people have these online businesses, but you need to understand how to set up your business so you are able to make money while you're sleeping. Like that yeah. should be the ultimate goal. And, and, one of my mentors, Andrea Johnson, the CEO mm-hmm. of Bubba Bistro. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's amazing. She has she a cult great. following. And yes. I know when I'm she born. puts out Summer Jam and yep. her holiday products, she's, she's sleep. Yeah. Yeah. She's already <laughs> set up, right. you know, the tools in her um, website that people can just order anytime. And she's constantly driving the traffic. She's mm-hmm. scheduling posts. You're supposed to make money while you're out living your best life. Right. So we're going to have some amazing conversations. There's a track for entrepreneurs attract the people in that that midlife crisis in their career and we're just going to have an amazing fun-filled day yeah thank you so much for putting that together yeah, thank you and for we having do, me no we're when happy that it? you're here Absolutely. when is it Tell commercial, us. commercial. commercial. <laughs> september 14th and 15th at the hilton memphis you can go on eventbrite put in level up conference you'll find this information and if you use the code next level i'm, I'm gonna let the people know here you get half off Oh, Come, somebody say half off because I know there's some people that they're not financially they're not ready to make this type of investment in themselves yeah. so I want to take away another barrier to say look I'm going to give you half off you got to meet me halfway I can't yeah. give it to you free <laughs> yeah. you don't appreciate free
but I want to be able to help uh, people out as much as possible. So I'm very excited about it. Thank, Thank you so you. much Thank for sharing that with our office. See, this is why you got to ride with Story Realities yeah. and the Total Woman Summit because we come through with the discounts. Come on, discount. But I'm telling you right now, it was already underpriced. Then it really should be so much more than this. You know, my it should be about one seventy nine. It's forty four different speakers. Yeah, yeah. Like, wow. I, I went very hard, but I try to meet people where they are. I know. That's beautiful. And, I know. and let me see. We're gonna it. get. We're gonna get there. I'm convinced yeah, we're, gonna we're gonna get, get there. there. I'm gonna help us you. get there because the next time I see somebody post that women don't help each other, I'm being hashtag lies. We do Nobody is trying to. You know, we are not coming together as a people. Hashtag lies. I'm hashtag lying, folks. They can block me and do whatever they want to do. I'm hashtag lying. My patience. But I just want to tell you guys a little bit about who is on this panel, who you will have access to. We have um, the Dean of Students at Rhodes College. We have an SVP of Talent Acquisition at First Horizon National Corporation. We have um, a communication strategist. We have Joanne Massey, the Director of Office Business Diversity and Compliance Mm -hmm. at the City of Memphis. We have... um, Those are hitters. These are real hitters. She's already told you, Carolyn... Hardy will be there. Um, we have, let's see, who yeah. else? Who else is on here? It's so many people. It's so many <laughs> it's amazing. So many. It's so well, many amazing. Know, Travis Hughes, the VP of Commercial Lending and Client Relationships and Pathway trying to give away money. Lending. Listen, yep. folks, we are telling you, so if you want to win, you do want to be here. And, and I didn't even talk about your session. It's can okay. You, can you can you blow it up? I'll talk a little know. bit about my afternoon session. <laughs> now this is real. This is how you know I love Cynthia because I don't do. do, do this, I'm serious yeah. about my coin. So <laughs> tell them real quick. I'm serious. <laughs> Women supporting women. We support each other. So I'm doing a special afternoon session called Game Changer, Managing Your Career Like a CEO. And this is a real talk. When when I do this, I typically reserve this for my clients of Polish Consulting as well as my individual clients. This is a real session where I'm going to talk to you about the same types of things that when I am working with the leaders in the businesses that I support Mm -hmm. um, that are my clients. But I want to talk to you about the things that you don't know that happen in the fishbowl or in the boardroom, yes. the types of decisions that are being made about you as yeah. talent um, in an organization that you have no idea. We we know in advance two years from now what departments are going to go away wow. yeah. and the types of questions that you need to be asking, the types of things you need to be paying attention to. So if you want to get your lens adjusted and get your focus focused, you want to be in this session. It's limited seating. Come late, you won't be in the room. So <laughs> we hope seat. to see you <laughs> and level up. Save <laughs> myself. I want to reserve. Yeah, okay. you yeah. want to be in the room, people, and bring you can and bring your pen because you can't report. <laughs> so um, you want to well, be able to prepare yeah. and know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I used the analogy this week. Um, I had to kind of kick over the corporate ladder and. You know, do something that looked like Mission Impossible, Angela Bassett scaling a building, <laughs> except for I don't have Angela Bassett's guns. Oh, I wish I did. Can we get those? Can she do us I'm like, yeah. look at her, girl. I'm going to need it. So th- when, when those things happen and the ladder no longer exists for you, you don't want to walk outside the building and look up to know. Yes. You need to be inside yes. the building saying, I see a couple steps missing. You yep. want to be prepared for those things. Because mm-hmm. otherwise, your life, your family your entire world depends on knowing or not knowing that information. Mm-hmm. In markets like Memphis, our social economic mobility depends on us to be able to predict what's happening Absolutely. next. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you know, you're looking at a forced move. Exactly. And no one has to move. You don't want to move because 
you have to move. You right. want that to be a choice. You, you want that to be a decision. You, you want to be intentional and deliberate because then if you if it's not, it's desperation. Absolutely. And nothing irons out quite well when you do it out of desperation. Absolutely. Yes. And those are yes. such yes. valid points, um, Raquita. And this is why I'm so passionate about this. I need people to be empowered. You need to have the information that you need to make decisions about your life. Yep. Yeah. This whole old thought about being loyal to an organization and they're going to take care of you. I don't know. That's probably not been real since the 50s. But <laughs> you, you really, I want you to see the signs. Yeah. I really want to help you sharpen awesome. your lens and your focus. Really give you the questions that you're supposed to be answering when you have the review period. Yeah. Really get you some things so you can be in charge and you can make the decisions that are right for you because you can chart your own course. You right. can be your own GPS. Yes. And so that's the kind of conversation we're going to have. GPS. So I am I looking forward to and I'm very excited and I'm happy to serve your vision. Thank you, Thank you. for extending the opportunity. So let's talk Total Women Summit. Yeah. Yes ma'am, a building yes. brain child. I know. So the Total Women Summit really truly is about um, really truly encouraging diversity and inclusion amongst women, about empowering women really to make themselves a, a priority. So you leave with a license to make yourself a priority. You are going to be unleashed. We have so much fun it's so engaging I, it, it really truly is so inspiring what's funny to me is so last year I had this thing a little bit OCD uh, with things starting on time and all of that jazz and what's funny to me because I like things I respect time and if you yeah. were at the summit last year you understand why time is so important to me mm-hmm. ask someone that attended about the hourglass it, it is real and it's so funny to me how people still walk up to me and target and talk about I got my hourglass and I'm being intentional about the way I use my time yeah. and I'll share a little bit of that nugget with you here's the reality you can buy more clothes you can get more hair you can get more degrees you can buy more cars but the one thing you have zero control over is how much time you have Absolutely. when you were born the clock started mm-hmm. your hourglass turned over and you were spending sand all day And so whatever you are doing, you better be intentional about doing it because you don't get do overs in life. You don't get do overs. There is no flipping back over. Yeah. Yeah. It is what it is. So you shouldn't be showing up to things that you don't want to do. Spending time with people that you don't want to spend time with letting things go unresolved because life is unpredictable. And so I am a big believer in time is not a renewable resource. So you need to make sure that you are maximizing your time and that is why the summit is important to me we don't have time to compete with one another we are empowering one another we're showing up for one another i go listen to this woman speak i listen to this woman pray i go listen to this woman do whatever she doing i'm gonna be this woman's patient i'm gonna come (laughs) me too (laughs) unpack books for this woman i'm coming to support this woman and we are all all do this for one another you show up in the way that you can show up exactly you show up for each other And so that is what this movement is about. It's about women being each other's first line of defense, Mm -hmm. being each other's, you know, quarterback, being each other's offense, defense, cheerleaders. We are. And I believe if you can save a woman, you can save a household, you can save a community. You can. I believe in that. And so you're going to come and be refreshed. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You're going to replenish yourself because you cannot pour from an empty cup. Mm -hmm. 
And if you have been looking for some inspiration to do something different, Mm -hmm. to really lay hold of what you need, if you want to walk away from your great job with a great paycheck, or if you want to stay at your great job with a great paycheck and climb the corporate ladder and shatter glass ceilings, if you want to be impactful in the community and really truly have social mobility, if you want to be in charge of your mental health and recognize this since it's important and take control of your body and make your money right. Mm-hmm. This is where you want to be. This is yeah. where you want to be. And you want to meet a whole new group of friends and women. This is where you want to be. So you eat good. We play good. We mm-hmm. have good fun. And you can register at the TotalWomanSummit.com. And so all the women you see here are actually playing a significant role in the summit. Kiva, tell us a little bit about why money is important and why women have to really be in charge of, of, of knowing what's happening. I think money money definitely is important because it's a resource. It is. You can't do yeah. much of anything without it. And when I talk about money management, a lot of people go to budgeting first. But to me, it's a, it has to be some kind of emotional attachment to what you want to do with the resource we call money. Right. Mm-hmm. So you can't budget if it's if you don't have discipline, you're not you're saying, OK, I want this in life because of that. Or I want to have this because I enjoy it. Or I have a family and I want to be able to go on vacation. I was, sometimes it's as simple as I want to sleep at night. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Not having money, it's just the root of so many problems. It breaks up homes. It it leads to medical issues. It just leads to all kind of social things that happen. So just we're going to talk a lot about that that aspect of it. Mm -hmm. But you know, being in finance, I'll give them a lot of tools and opportunities and ways that you can grow uh, your wealth. Mm Because I think it's so important as a generation to be honest. Being a person of color, I think in prior generations, felt like it was a little bit of a pass because it was, you got a pass to not be able to budget and do some of those things because the socioeconomics was just different. Mm -hmm. But we're given opportunities that our parents weren't given, our grandparents weren't given. We have access to capital that they weren't given and some of those things. So we have a responsibility for ourselves. It was a great quote that Warren Buffett did that said that I, I want to just repeat it says someone sitting in the shade today because someone planted a tree a long time ago. Yes. I love that. I'm planting planting (laughs) trees when I think about it. That's what gets me going. That's Warren Buffett? Okay. We just got to have a moment on that. That's just lean back. That's a great quote. That is an amazing quote. So I have a five month old and you know a family and everything now and and while I want him to grow and and do well and be his own person and I don't want to raise a spoiled kid but at the same time I want to make sure he's in that shade where mama's long gone and I want to make sure that my grandkids in that shade because I still in him what it takes to plant trees Mm -hmm. so it's just things like that if you make connections with that part of you the budgeting comes the finances come because you think different it's a shift it becomes Mm -hmm. like I don't have to like not Nobody wants to pay bills, but I don't have to feel this anxiety that I get around it. Mm-hmm. This notion that you're not accepted because you don't have these resources and those type of things. Because money is what you make it, right? Mm-hmm. Some people want to buy 10 purses. You want to buy 10 <laughs> purses and be frustrated next week because you, <laughs> you don't have That's any money to put in. Right. Right. I'm not here to tell you don't buy 10 purses right. because clearly if you mm-hmm. can't yeah. support that life, you don't need to do it. But if you... Because I'm never a person. I'm always glass half full. Do what makes you happy in life. Right. And having resources 
and being connected with your financial responsibilities is important. And so we'll yeah. talk a lot about that. To Kiva's mm-hmm. point, um, I had a chance to attend the Black Economic I Summit and Martha's Vineyard. I was about to tell Vineyard. you to talk about that. Um, with billionaire businessman Robert mm. Smith. And listening to his talk made me feel real insignificant. Because what mm. I noticed is that when you're in a city where you're in the top 10%, you get real warm and cozy in your decision making. You're like, okay, I've arrived. I'm good. I'm doing better than 90% of the people. And that becomes your measurement. And after talking to him and listening to what billionaires are doing and how billionaires aren't just having social impact they're they're building economies i was thinking well i need to redo my budget my thinking my ideas around i don't need a purse i walk around with my stuff in the back of my phone if that's what it takes to create a system by which my children will not slide back into the 60 percent that Mm. end up so in first generation middle income earners we have the stress of okay we made it out Mm-hmm. But our children have 60% chance because of our impoverishment of sliding back into poverty. Mm. So the decisions that you make, I was on a trip with a guy friend and he was like, I'm going to buy a $600 coat. And I asked him, I said, is your son's, is your son's future? I was like, are you willing to gamble and tell your son in 10 years that he can't go to college because you needed a coat, a $600 <laughs> coat when he needs a bailout, when he needs help, when he needs support, when he needs a net. A, a system by which to hold him up out of poverty. Mm-hmm. Are you willing to say I gambled your life on a coat? And so that's what we have to start thinking about is our children cannot be expected to move through the world mistake free. Right. Mm-hmm. Can you finance their mistakes? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Can you can you afford their their bad decisions? Mistakes. Like I'm walking through the world like, OK, what bad decisions can I afford? <laughs> and if I can't afford them all, then I don't need a purse. Yeah, I agree. And that's why it's so important what Sharika's doing, because being in finance, ladies, you see it all like you see very different spectrums. You see very poor. You see very wealthy. And to me, I've seen both. I've seen very wealthy people just so emotionally destroyed. Like some people, they live by it. You know, you see people. I mean, case Spade, you're starting to see people. That are wealthy that mm-hmm. commit suicide, mm-hmm. that are depressed. Mm-hmm. So it's that's why I say it's a resource. It's whatever to me. The real wealth is the person that's stable, that that are they're happy in their own skin. Whatever religion, whatever you believe, you you just have a sense of balance, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And that's so important. And fortunate money is a part of that that balance. But I do think in life. It's all it's all a balance, a balance and it's, mm-hmm. and being and you can have too much of it. You can have yeah, an I, imbalance in yeah, resources. Yeah. And yeah. if you, it's okay. I, I wanna be a millionaire billionaire one day. <laughs> but I just pray to God that I have stability to yeah. go with insanity, that. right. Because it's sanity. just whatever you want, stability right. yeah. sanity and, and whatever makes you go. Right. I don't want my checkbook to see my common sense. Me right. either. Oh, exactly. and, and, you know, and this is why this conversation is important. And I'm telling you all right now, when we talk about money, um, sometimes people do clam up. And Kiva said something to me in a conversation she and I were having a couple of weeks ago that really, truly sort of stopped me in my tracks. Um, I was driving. In fact, I remember I was um, on a street here in Memphis and she said, Sharika, it's not the poor people that are struggling with money. They can't yeah. manage money. They don't have anything to manage. Yeah. She said it's the folks that are making 70, 80, 90, $100,000 a year because they have 
resources to blow. Yep. And she said, those are the folks that need to have this conversation yep. because they can't qualify for a mortgage or they're struggling to pay their bills and because their priorities are all off. And these are the people that need this education. And so when you think about that money conversation, sometimes it can seem a bit intimidating and a bit overwhelming, which is why I love Kiva because she is truly a force of nature. And she is so unassuming. She's so gangster. She was getting with me. <laughs> <laughs> she was getting with me before the broadcast went live, but that's for another day. But um, she really, truly breaks it down. She even had a clip last year from uh, the Cosby show um, where uh, Cliff was talking to Theo about money. So she makes it interesting. Good. There was, was not great. one person in the house that was not on the edge of their seat really absorbing all of that and she's been so impactful in fact that we have one of our testimonials that is on the totalwomansummit.com um, by Miss V and she really talked about how hearing a portion of that conversation really empowered her with the tools she needed to pay off $15,000 wow. worth of credit card debt she That's paid off amazing. her car and she now has five figures worth of uh, five figures in savings Good so job. that is because awesome. the summit is about awesome. resources oh, it yeah. is put in real language so thank you thank Keith. You. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate the work you're doing. It's super important. Uh, You talked about stability as it relates to your mental health. And so that's where our dear friend, uh, Dr. LaShonda Massey, comes in. She just shunned it to me, people. (laughs) But she's no stranger to our show. She's been a part of our conversation several times, and we appreciate you. So talk to us a little bit about what the women at the summit get um, from your, the way you break down um, the importance of mental health and the difference between mental health and mental illness. I mean, what we've tried to bring forth in the summit as it relates to that mental space is really getting women to start to think about what's happening in your mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've heard Kiva talk about it, you've heard Roquita talk about it, that a lot of what we're doing depends on how we're thinking about it, how we understand it, what knowledge base that we have. So a lot of the undercurrent for everything that we do depends on the health of our minds. And that's mm-hmm. one of the things that we're not taught mm-hmm. how to manage or how to even think about. Um, so when we talk, I talk about it, I really want people to start thinking about what it means to be mentally healthy yeah. and what tools we really need to have on board to, to accomplish that. That it is not something that we're just born with or it's not something that just develops because we're alive and, and thinking, but that we all have an ability to think about thinking and organize our thinking so that we can better accomplish the things that we're trying to accomplish if it's health or spiritual growth or career advancement or medical stability all of those things that we're trying to do we've got to understand what's going on with our mental health and so what happens is we're often introduced to mental illness when we think about mental health and mental illness that we see in society is at the extreme yeah so we say there was a shooting and you know he had those mental health problems and he didn't and so we only think about this extreme understanding of mental health and people worry about being stigmatized it's it's true the stigma is there and that you're going to be considered crazy or left out so people still unfortunately think of mental illness in this taboo space um so when we talk about destigmatization i want people to be able to speak very openly about mental illness because you've got to know when what you're going through is not just simply get up, dust it off, you're okay. Maybe there's an illness there that we need to be able to deal with. So when we're talking about, we want to be able to kind of make that difference between there's mental health that I need to be dealing with. I got to learn how to keep myself mentally healthy. I've also got to recognize when I'm not that, when I'm not mentally healthy. And do I need something else involved here? Um, If it's my village, wonderful. If it's my doctor, if it's my church, what is it do I need to connect to 
that is really going to get me from this place of illness or Mm -hmm. lack of health to something better. So that's how we're embracing it and making it okay to talk about it. That I will tell you as I put my straight jacket up and said, look, we are not crazy. (laughs) (laughs) This is not crazy. Mm -hmm. This is what we need Mm -hmm. to be doing. So Mm -hmm. we will we'll talk about it candidly like that. When we Mm -hmm. go there, we want to be able to be able to do that and break that stigma down as much as we can because if we're talking about it I hope that even listening today you've heard that common thread Mm -hmm. talking about relationships talking about being at peace talking about Mm -hmm. all of that is what's happening in your Mm -hmm. mental health so I mean I'm an advocate you all know that but I want to be able to have the conversation very candidly that if we have illness let's treat it because it's not mental illness that's the problem untreated mental illness is the problem and let's learn how to be mentally healthy Thank you so much. And this work is important. Amen. This is what we're talking about. And and it's not, let me tell you something. Her talk was, all of them were amazing. But the fact that she was able to really infuse that with some comedy and help mm-hmm. us all address it, because yep. we all have yeah, to deal yeah, with our yeah. mental health. That's true. Absolutely. That's the truth. And that's one of the things she really gave us the language for, to be able to understand that. Um, and then she really was able to infuse it with a little bit of Charlie Brown. So when I tell you, these women are so dynamic and creative. I, I've never seen anything like it. And then Teresa. Talking about talking to us about getting our body and our health right. So tell us what yes. the women at this year's summit can expect without giving too much away, okay. um, Teresa. Mm, from not you. too much, not too much. Okay. Well, the theme this year is thrive. Mm-hmm. So basically, I'll be trying to focus on women and just all of the aspects of health in general, but physically, you know, the physical health for the most part and how we need to switch from surviving, just surviving Mm -hmm. to actually thriving Mm -hmm. in our health. Mm -hmm. So thank you. And she's been very modest, but I'll tell tell you. Right. So let me tell you, Teresa is so amazing. I don't know who goes to school to be an engineer and then does that and excels and wins for over a decade and then decides she's going to go back to medical school. I mean, she's just doing the most. (laughs) I I call it a moment of temporary insanity. Sanity, but in all honesty, that was just Jesus. <laughs> like the way she gave yeah. us tools last year to really take yeah. ownership of the decisions that we were making about our body yeah. was amazing. And really, uh, there are lots of, of you and lots of us and lots of our family members that are on medication that they don't have to be on. Yeah. And they're choosing to have a chicken wing over having um, not having diabetes. Yeah. Or choosing yeah. to have a soda, right, in in exchange yeah. for good health. And so it's all of these things that she puts in proper perspective. Like you want someone else to fix it. You want someone else to fix your money. You want someone else to fix your body. You want someone else to fix your mental health. You want some, someone else to fix your career. When the reality is you've got to do it. Yeah. You need help. You need tools. You need resources. But you've got to do it. No one else can come and live your life for you. It's your life. It's a gift, I say, from God that you need to unwrap every day. Or even even more than that, holding your physicians accountable because mm-hmm. we're we go to physicians not not having enough information to hold them accountable to give us the best That's treatment. Good. So right. people are taking medicines today that 20 years from now have the most detrimental consequences on their bodies and they have no idea. So so having information that says, OK, I don't want you to just make a decision to to rid me of disease right now. 
I need to understand the impact on my body in 10 years. And my kidney is still going to work after you give me this pill. Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. So I can't run a marathon for 30 or 40 or 50 or 60, 70 years if what you're giving me today is going to slow me down tomorrow. Right. So but, having the information and the tools right. to know how to hold your doctors accountable in that medical preparation. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to what Kiva was saying earlier. It's about balance. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. there there's the responsibilities of the physician. And then there's also the responsibility of the, the patient. patient. Yeah. You know, you can't come in and expect me to give you the medicine magic pill because if I had it I'd already be that billionaire but I just don't you know so you have to take into account that there are things that you need to do as the patient as well mm-hmm. and along your journey because it is a journey it is a lifestyle change mm-hmm. it is a choice yes, being healthy right is a choice yes. being mm-hmm. healthy is a choice Absolutely. and so you have to get to the point to decide are you willing to make the changes that you need to make in order to have a healthier and better life Thank you so much. We appreciate that. And Teresa is amazing, folks. Uh, so you don't want to miss it. And then last but not least, my dear friend Dorcas. We talked about all the great work she's doing in the community and leading mm-hmm. the hundreds of people uh, in Shelby County government. But what we didn't talk about was that she is actually um, doing our spirit talk this year. Um, because about five or six, what, six years at this point? Almost seven? It will be seven years. Seven years ago, um, almost seven years ago, she started the morning prayer with girls that happens across the United yes. States. Um, It's a 6.30 a.m. call And it started um, Where it was just a few of us getting together And then it grew to where we have people Joining from the west coast, from the east coast Folks are joining when they're on a honeymoon Just had babies uh, 6.30 and it's the most powerful 15 minutes of your morning Dorcas, talk to us a little bit A, about your experience last year at the summit And then this year about how you plan to weave uh, Daybreak into the conversation Um, So, thank you Sharika, um, I absolutely enjoyed the summit last year. All of these ladies that are at the table changed me in different ways. I'm a crier, too, so y'all can't see me crying, but I'm probably tearing <laughs> up. Um, it was powerful, but I would tell anyone, you just got to be there. You yeah. got to be in the room, and you got to be in the moment. Um, so I am hopeful that lots of folks will join us again this year. Um, I was shocked when you asked me to even participate as a person to talk, to do the talk, um, because I really um, I, I didn't see I didn't see what you saw in me to even ask me to, to come and speak. Wow. Um, but about seven years ago, November 11th, 2011 is when we started the daily prayer call. And it actually started um, November 10th. Um, I was in the shower. And um, I was just, it was a lot going on. And I mean, you can call it whatever you want to call it. Everybody calls it something different. But the spirit said aloud to me. And I know, doctor, when people start hearing stuff, I know that's a whole different issue. <laughs> She's I know the Lord. I know the Lord. But I mean, and, and I, 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 I mean, it was just as audible. It was like, you know, you and your friends, y'all have done everything together. Y'all party together. Y'all travel together. Um Y'all are reaching a time in your life where y'all need to pray together mm-hmm. every day. Man. And I was like, what? It's like, what? What is going on? <laughs> like, who is who is punking me? Mm-hmm. But it was like, do what I say and get get your friends together. Mm-hmm. So I sent out an email to about 30 of my friends from from elementary school, people I met in college, people that I met along the way in life and said, hey, I know y'all gonna think I'm crazy, but God said we need to pray together. <laughs> so I'm about to get this prayer line, um, this teleconference number we're gonna call in tomorrow, just take 15 minutes. Seven years later, every single morning, 
we have gotten on that line at 6.30 a.m. Um, and it's not the same people that I invited. There are people from across the nation that are on the line, people that I have not met. There's this lady that's on the call every morning. She just joined this year. Mother Conley is in Chicago. She got to be like 85, an oh, old school teacher, wow. remembers all of our names and prays for us, sends me messages every day. She has become a part of my village. I have never seen Mother mm. Conley a day mm. in my life. Mm. Um, we had someone on the line um, who was going through and um, talking about some needs that they had. And they just wanted a prayer, just a prayer. What? Not asking for anything. People started sending me messages. Who is so-and-so? I'm going to send her $50 so she can do that. I mean, and people don't. I mean, it's not. Nobody wants anybody else to know. I mean, it's not for show. It is just like this powerful village that has just come from praying for each other. Um, I can tell a lot about my personal journey, but my personal journey has changed. Um, One of the things I was struggling with was relationships when I started the line. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, God, I'm tired of being in these raggedy relationships, doing (laughs) just doing stuff to be Mm -hmm. doing stuff. And I was old. I was at 35. Mm -hmm. Is that old? I mean, you know, you feel like you're old. (laughs) That pressure from society. Absolutely. And I remember praying and praying with my village, saying Mm -hmm. it aloud on that prayer line. I want to be married. Everybody don't want to be married. I wanted to be married. That crazy Cleo came from nowhere. Cleo is from the Lord. He is from the Lord. But he is. He is. But not only that, like my friends started getting, like, and good people were coming into our lives. We prayed for babies. Like, you're not supposed to have a two-year-old at 41. You know, they say you're not supposed to easily get pregnant. Well, Carter Griffin is here on a lot of prayers. Um, And I just, I mean, just our parents' health. And has everything been perfect? No. I mean, we have taken losses, people. We've lost people. We've lost jobs. Things have happened. But every single morning, we got each other for mm-hmm. just 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And so I'm hopeful that um, my journey can inspire somebody else. Just just be courageous and just create your village moment. And mm-hmm. so it doesn't have to be at 630. It just works for us. But just some type of village moment where you connect with other women. Mm-hmm. And, Lord, it will change your life. I love that. What's right. the number, Dorcas? Oh, we, you would ask me that. <laughs> no, no, no. To... You're okay. making up numbers, Sharika. Okay. Okay. <laughs> While she's looking so, up the number, I do want to say say something. Some of us aren't born with the... Um, the support we need to thrive. Some of us are not biologically connected to people. Mm -hmm. And a part of that outdated story is that, okay, I don't have what I need. The people that are in my life are not who I need. They're not nourishing. They're not, they're not supporting me. And in order to forgive the people who couldn't give you what you need, you need to get in spaces where people who can. Mm -hmm. So that is a part of the forgiveness track. And in order to thrive, you have to forgive. But if that plate piece of that piece on your plate is still empty, You can't forgive the emptiness. So create, build systems where you get the support you need instead of being burdened by what you don't have. Mm -hmm. And the people that that you're biologically connected to that can't give you what they don't have instead build your own system and so what i'm hearing a lot is lots of pockets where women are choosing to people are choosing to build what they weren't born with mm-hmm. build what you weren't born with otherwise there's no space to forgive it and there's no space to thrive and make a connection between the outdated story and the positive reality that you are intended to live mm-hmm. 
So you heard a little bit about what the summit will be. Of course, we will have the Storialities panel um, where we will do a, sort of uh, a shortened version of last week's book launch, which will be a table read. And we will have some open dialogue about that. And of course, that's going to be led by Roquita. Um, so we're excited. So that's going to happen at the summit. You've heard from several of the ladies here that are going to be doing uh, specific themed talks about the summit. But this is all about the total woman because if your money ain't right your health can't be right if your health ain't right your mind can't be right if your spirit ain't right none of these things work if none of this works your career can't be right and it's all about the story you're telling yourself versus Mm -hmm. the reality and so that's why all of this matters it's all connected and so we want to address your total woman again you have opportunities to support and I just want to announce Commercial, today, when is it? <laughs> I was getting ready to say that. Uh, the summit is on Saturday, October 6th. It is at the Racket Club. You can register for the summit at www.totalwomansummit.com. It's all one word. Or you can go to Eventbrite and look up the Total Woman Summit. You will be nourished. Uh, we're going to have great food, great fun. Um, and there are lots of things happening in the community on that day. We're asking you to choose you. We're yeah. asking you to make yourself a priority to extract those couple of hours so you can be amongst women um, and get connected and get inspired so you can do the things that you want to do and don't wait because we're down to the last thing 100 tickets so you want to go ahead and get registered today I know we like to wait until the last minute um, to get registered but get registered also if you don't have your copy of Storialities you can get that at Novel Memphis which is on Perkins Extended or you can go to Amazon.com and look up Storialities and also if you have Storialities we do need you to review the book on Amazon as well as on the Storialities page. Also, if you are not registered for Level Up, we need you to level up. You can go to Eventbrite, search Level Up, and use Next Level code Next Level to get fifty percent off um, during this short period of time and window. Also, if you are looking for a physician, you want to go to Harbor Town. I mean Harbor Health because Dr. Teresa Woodard is in the building. If you need services from Shelby County Government, you want to go see Dorcas and her team. If you need to maybe talk about your mental health or explore how you can support someone in your family um, that may be struggling with mental illness, you definitely want to go see Dr. Lashonda Massey. And if you're trying to get your money right. Kiva is a excellent coach. Um, she does go out and do lots of financial education, regardless of wherever your level is um, on that spectrum. So you definitely want to do that. If you are looking for things to do, we just told you all the things that you can do to support, how you can get involved, how you can get engaged. And so what we want to encourage you to do is enjoy the rest of your three-day holiday weekend. I'm sorry. Can I say the note? Cynthia was talking to me across the state. You know, we knew friends. It's okay. I just knew this. Go ahead, Dorcas. We put the number on the um, Facebook feed for some of the other followers that Mm -hmm. may be listening. Um, The number that you can call each morning at 630 sharp central time is 605-475-5950. And the access code is 249-2680. 6.30 Central Time 6.30 Central Time and we are off by 6.45 every morning and it is just a moment to center yourself so I look forward to people being on the line you don't have to say a word just join us 15 minutes of power prayer power yes. prayer power 15 minutes prayer. every day every, every day. morning every thank day. you Dorcas thank you Teresa thank you Kiva thank, thank you. you LaShonda and thank you Cynthia for being with Roquita and I today it has certainly been a pleasure we look forward to seeing you guys next time thank you bye, bye y'all
OAMnetwork.com. Power to the podcast.